Welcome to the Knack for Business Podcast, where we talk with experts around the globe about relevant business topics to help you succeed in your business. The hosts are Bernie Franzberg and Wayne Crack. Knack for Business is about sharing knowledge, networking, architecture, connecting, and being creative. That is what Knack stands for. The common threads of any business are people, money, and continuous change. In a diverse world, we are unique and face the same wins and challenges. In this podcast, we invite you to learn about what is out there and how connecting with people and ideas helps us. We cover a range of businesses' topics from yourself, finance, legal, real estate, IT, social media, and add anything to the list that supports your work. Even your competitors have something to offer you. My name is Bernie Franzberg from Creative Insight. My co-host is Wayne Pratt from Motivate You. At Creative, we are B2B connectors, actually people-people connectors. We bring you those interesting people that can help grow yours. At Creative, we help you awaken your knack to connect with the businesses, business communities and networks to leverage your business. Wayne, tell us a bit more about Motivate You, Inc. Motivate You is a life coaching company that helps entrepreneurs be, do, and have more. The goal is to make more money and have more fun. Wayne, thank you so much. A couple quick thank yous. Carl Richards from the podcast Solutions Made Simple. He's the podcast expert. Fred Crouch, property wizard, podcaster, and I'm a co-host of his uh, podcast. Melanie Weber, business partner. Wayne Pratt from Motivate You, Inc. for sparking these podcasts forward. And today's guest is Oren Lewin. Oren helps the frustrated and overwhelmed entrepreneurs understand how they create their beliefs and emotions so they can change in order to fuel the high-performance behavior they're seeking. His expertise lies in the fields of personal development, faith, work, neuro-linguistic programming, and emotional intelligence. And today's topic is self-beliefs, fires motivation, confidence, emotional agility. Warren, welcome. Thank you, Bernie, and thank you, Wayne. I am happy to be here and looking forward to this conversation with you guys. So... Oren, tell us about the self-awareness and how does that all help a person bring the best out of themselves? Yeah, so self, you can't lead yourself if you are not aware of yourself, right? As, as in any field, the step number one is awareness. And with self-awareness, it is particularly tricky because though 95% of the population thinks that they are self-aware, Studies have shown that the true reality of it is only about 10 to 15% of us actually are. And so there's a psychologist who jokes, she says, on a good day, we are lying to ourselves about lying to ourselves. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that's why self-awareness is so important. It's so important to be aware that this is important and I'm probably not as aware as I think I am. Excellent. So when you say self-awareness, what is, how do you define that capacity for self-awareness? That's a good question, Bernie. I think there's two main areas of self-awareness. I, I would say mm-hmm. number one is their internal self-awareness, being aware mm-hmm. of your own emotions, your beliefs, your, your values, and your patterns that are coming to play in a different situation of, of a certain reaction. And so that would be internal self-awareness. And the second area of self-awareness would be external. And this would be in your relationships with others, knowing how you are coming across, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding how other people are receiving and reading what you are saying, 
for the good for or for the bad. Excellent. So what got you into helping people with their self-concept? Yeah, good question. So so self-concept, this is where the foundation of the program, the work that I offer, the program that I have is called Peak Performance, helping mm-hmm. a person to maximize their emotions and their and their logics and their belief. And the journey for self-concept was for me, I'd been in the personal development world for several years, very hungry to learn and grow. And oftentimes mm-hmm. I I felt that there was something holding me back. Right. I felt okay. like I was still getting in my own way. And and so it was the self-concept work that helped me to dig through the layers to find, ah, you know what's holding me back is some of my self-beliefs, is some of my lack of my values and what's important to me. And so being able to transform those beliefs and uncover those values has made such a massive difference for me. And I was like, this is what I want to craft my program around because this is going to help more people uh, in a more powerful way than what I was doing before. Or when people think they know what they value, what about telling us what happens? What's the risk of not knowing what their values are? Values are, are an interesting thing. You know what? When... Every person that uh, or every decision that a person is making is coming at some level out of their values, right? Whether they are aware of it or not, every decision you make comes out of what you feel is important in this moment. And there's values behind that. Sometimes there's more short-term values like, man, I just want to be happy right now. I want to take a break. And that can be a... uh, one of the sneaky things behind a procrastination or the endlessly scrolling on Facebook, it's still giving, or on YouTube or or on TikTok these days, it's still giving you those dopamine hits, right? But it's it's recognizing, hey, there's also, I want to live according to longer term values and of who I want to be. And, And so having that awareness enables you to then be intentional to say, okay, mm-hmm. what, how do I want to actually make my life look like? What are the values, the long-term values that I want to pursue? So then I don't default to whatever this, the stimulus and the circumstance that my, my values are re- reacting to in the moment. It almost sounds like if you study the flow of water, close to the point of least resistance, right? And it was way down that way. Do you envision a process where the water flows this way? It's kind of a natural thing. That's not good for you because you're actually eroding your capacity. I like doing this, but I am doing it too much. Like it's, it's an imbalance, I guess is what I'm getting at. How do you correct that? Well, you need balance. You need rhythm, especially if you're, you're mm-hmm. wanting to aim for the long term, a life, the life that I promote with people, like what's, what are the values that are going to help you to be who you want to be at work and at home, right? To live a life that's going to have longevity, that's going to have depth and impact. And so inherent in that is a balance. There's going to be a different sets of values that are going to come to play at any moment. And so to find a balance is just to be aware of what is coming to play right now. What are 
what are the things that are under the surface in this moment? And how can I be aware of that? And then intentionally guide myself. It's like, you know, to use the analogy of water, it's like creating a waterworks, you know, where, mm-hmm. okay, the water is now actually intentionally being guided in the direction that I want. Okay. So when you talk about positive, you've mentioned information, the, the positive message behind negative emotions. So what do you mean by that? And this is important because at this point, Bernie, we're moving from values to emotions, which are which are very similar and very connected. So the way that a person experiences their life is in these mm-hmm. emotions. There's positive emotions, there's negative emotions. When you get in your way, there's a conflict of emotions, right? Now, the foundations, when we dig down past the surface, if you want to do real long-lasting change, that's where the beliefs and the values come in. But on the surface, how we're experiencing it is emotions. And so when a person has negative emotions, usually what's happening, for example, you're angry, you're upset, Mm -hmm. you're depressed. There's most people will just push that aside or try to ignore it as Mm -hmm. they, as they move forward. And so what I teach is to understand that emotion, accept it because there's something there. There's actually an unmet value that is asking for attention. So if so, taking the example of anger, if I'm angry and, and I just try to push past it and move forward, well, I'm going to start reacting out of that emotion. Stop and I say, hey, what's actually happening here? Well, usually there's an expectation of mine that is being violated. And understanding mm-hmm. that, then I can make a choice saying, oh, Maybe I need to adjust my expectations or maybe there's something that actually, maybe there's an injustice that actually requires me to take action. And so as we listen to those negative emotions, it gives us actually more information. It gives us a bigger picture of what's going on. So being calm in a calm space, when you're seeing something going, I don't like this, you know, that part, it's okay to have that internal dialogue. And now it's, why don't I like it? All right. And is, is it a point of view or is there a true issue at hand? Again, in other words, I'm stepping on attack. Ow. Yeah. I don't like it. And, you know, don't keep pushing down. What's the message this emotion is trying to send me? Absolutely. Orrin, you talk a lot about self-concepts. What mm-hmm. happens when someone is able to change their self-concept and how do they undertake this? Well, when someone is able to change their self-concept, it it makes a world of difference. And your self-concept is not a word that's thrown around so much. I think the word self-beliefs is more common. More people know of self-beliefs. But it's actually the compilation of your self-beliefs, everything that you believe about yourself that forms your self-concept. And So when you change your self-concept, well, the result is moving place of unconfidence where you are getting in your own way. You're not showing up in the way that you want to. There's you're anxious because in, in certain situations, because you don't think that you're actually able to perform the way that you want to and changing your self-concept, my experience, changing my self-concept, transforming it was gave me the ability to show up in the way that I wanted to, to be my best every day, even in challenging situations. And so it really makes the world of difference. It's the difference between confidence and fear. And it's powerful. 
you're having your internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. What do you use it as a sounding board then? Do you find a peer? Do you find a group? Do you find you rely on different resources to kind of give you the guide? You know, almost like you know, we use a ruler to measure, but also what's the straight line look like? What are the process or what tactics are, are smart for people to utilize to, to do this? Because you'll have your internal dialogue, but you need to know, you know how it reflects to other people. How, so how does a person really get a sounding board? so yeah. that they can double check. Um, yeah. And that's going back to the inner self-awareness and the external self-awareness. The tools that I mostly focus on is helping a person transform their relationships with themselves. And so that is having the tools so that you can change your self-dialogue, so that you can make it more positive, so that you can mm-hmm. understand, you know, have access to more un- information of what's going on so that you can change your life. Now, it is also essentially important for us to be in relationships, for us to have other people. And like like a coach, for example, mm-hmm. is someone who then gives us that feedback and helps is to give people that feedback so they see themselves in ways that they hadn't before. They see themselves in more empowering ways and directions that they can take. Excellent. Orin, I've seen many people who are a whole batch of negative beliefs. Do you help them change those beliefs into positive ones? Well, the more negative beliefs a person has, the more of a process it's going to be, right? And so really, it's one at a time. It's one at a time. And and how we form our beliefs, there's two main things. Actually, there's first, it's your belief formation process is, is somewhat like a court case, right? And, and so there's the judge and the jury. And what happens is first, there's the information that you are paying attention to. And people that have negative self-beliefs are primarily overemphasizing those negative actions that they have taken, the things that they have done wrong, or they've had a high, high standard of perfectionism that they haven't they've perceived all the mistakes that they've made. And so the first thing we have to do was we have to open up to more information, especially the the positive information. What are the things that you have done well? What are the things that you have done right? And so that changes the game of the court case just right off the bat by giving them access to more information. Now, the step number two is how the judge and jury are going to be interpreting that information. And so to interpret, so say failure, for example, is, am I going to interpret failure as, hey, this is a statement about me, I am a failure, or am I going to interpret as, oh, this is a learning experience, this is feedback for me so that I can learn and adjust and I can get better. And so how we're interpreting that information as well is going to form your beliefs. And so when I'm helping someone change their self-beliefs, first of all, we're recognizing the positive information as well as the negative information, especially the positive information, and then changing how we're interpreting that negative information. You can transform a self, a belief that you had about yourself being really negative by looking at different information and by seeing it differently. And it's incredibly powerful. It's a, it's a bit of a process, but yeah. it really helps people. On not only the person themselves, but their relationships around them, right? If, if you're coming at things going, okay, and now how do we work? If it's a dilemma, 
Yeah, right? it's very powerful. It's very generative. So leadership being influence. I originally what got me into this was a desire for leadership. I wanted to make a difference, but I found that the the core of leadership is personal development. You can only lead people as far as you yourself have gone. And as I led myself, I started to realize actually the core of personal development is the mm-hmm. my paradigms, right? What I'm believing and it's my values what's important to me. And so this really is when you get this right, this is gonna is gonna change and give you the foundations for your personal development. Wow, you know, as a business leader, that has high value utility. If you're if you're positive, that's good for customer rapport, staff rapport, supplier rapport, mm-hmm. anybody in your community that you're doing business with. End result would be you become more not liked, but more appreciated. It's a positive reinforcer, chatting with you and talking with you. So what are the health yeah. outcomes you've found uh, with people that have come to these realizations? The organization Talent Smart studied emotional intelligence and a lot of the benefits of it, which really is the area that I'm working in. And so mm-hmm. essentially, a person who has high intelligence makes on average $29,000 a year more than a person who doesn't have high uh, emotional intelligence. And so that's that's just a huge landmark of success. There's a lot more statistics about one, a person with high emotional intelligence is about four times as effective or as successful as a person who's not. And the statistics go on and on. So the health outcomes, when a person is able to manage their emotions, a lot of diseases that we have a lot of the chronic illnesses come out of how a person is responding to life and how a person is managing life. And so when you're able to change this to positive, a person will not get these negative or these these diseases that come from anxiety. You won't get ulcers that come from anxiety. Possibly there's some cancers that come from stress. And so there can be huge health benefits as well as you know just being motivated to eat healthy and to exercise that also can come with understanding yourself right so the effects are far reaching it sounds like listen to what your subconscious is telling you time time Mm -hmm. to take a break time to time to get up and walk away from the screen body's kind of you know blurry eyed and you have that fog coming into play you're battling and that's your cues paying attention to your cues that's really important yeah your subconscious cares about you apparently because you do you do want to live your best life right everyone does we all want to and not just consciously but the the real deep desires of and so to pay attention to those and say okay yeah let's i'm gonna help myself to move forward that's a great thing or and how do you build on gains how do you make the uh, get close to the top of the mountain instead of mountain, valley, mountain, valley, mountain, valley. Well, just like any other field, it requires maintenance. So with your with your car, you have to take it in for an oil change and, and a tire adjustment. And if you don't, in the long term, it's going to lead to more problems. And so with your self-concept or your self-leadership, your emotional intelligence, how you lead yourself, it does require maintenance. It requires being able to take that step back. And, and when a person does have a, 
habits and patterns of reflection in place, Mm -hmm. that's going to do what you're saying, Wayne. That's going to reinforce the gains and help you to keep on making those tweaks and those adjustments to move forward and to become who you want to be ultimately. How long does it take a person to, the person's not a total mess, or maybe they are a total mess. What's the turnaround time for some people on average, depending on how you hold on to old beliefs that are not serving well, but how long does it normally take to go through the process of going, okay, I'm a little more self-aware now? Well, my prem is eight weeks. And so my purpose is from the beginning to the end, a person has a newfound awareness and they have experienced some transformation in our one-on-one sessions and they have been given the tools to continue. And so just that my program, my desire in that, even that's a short time to pack what I've learned over years into that, because when a person has the right information and the right direction, I believe change can happen very quickly. Excellent. Orin, you have skills in NLP. And I just love your take. Some people think it's uh, scary. Some people think it's manipulative. Some people think it's incredibly helpful. What's your take on how to use it? When to use it? When is it ethical? Tell me your take on it. Thanks, Wayne. And I, and I want to take a step, a little step back for the listeners. So NLP is neurolinguistic programming. And it was a field developed in the 1970s by a psychologist, by two guys actually, who really sought to understand how does a successful person think? How can we be successful? And actually one name that almost everyone out there knows, Tony Robbins met with these guys. And and so that really most of what made Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins was he had a foundation in NLP, in neuro-linguistic programming. And so it is an incredibly powerful tool, an incredibly powerful skill set. Now, to your question, Wayne, I think it comes down to, same with any other tool, what makes this tool beneficial or manipulative? It really is the hands and the motives of the person who is using it. If there's a person who has good intent then a powerful tool is going to help them to be to more powerfully do good. But if there's a person who has ill intent, who wants to manipulate, and there's lots of articles out there, people trying to offer information on how to manipulate, and they use NLP, unfortunately, because it's a powerful tool. Now that goes down to the heart of the person that wouldn't be a fault of the tool itself. The tool is a powerful tool. It's like a car. A car is good. You can use it for evil things. So when you're doing an NLP, what does it involve? Like, what are what are the kind of the subsets? It can be an entire large story to unfold. Yes. But what, yes. what are the key elements about NLP? Like, what are they capitalizing on about humans? So one of the foundational understandings of NLP is that whenever we have access to information, as humans, we we delete information, we distort information, and we generalize information because there's so much. There's there's a, a million bytes per second of information that's coming at you, and you're only processing a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a massive information simplification here. And so NLP has really sought to understand, okay. We are going to simplify regardless. How can we simplify or understand in the most helpful way? And so it's really the 
paying attention to the best information that you want or, or the best information that's going to be the most helpful to you. So it's really a question of helpfulness. What's going to okay. make the most difference? Wayne, what do you think? I think this is very valuable. And I love some of the nuances that Oren's bringing to the table. Oren, what are, what are the top takeaways you want to leave with our listeners today? I think one of the keys, there's a statement in NLP saying mm -hmm. there are no unresourceful people. There are only unresourceful states. And so I don't expect all your listeners are going to feel this way, but some of your listeners are going to recognize that, hey, I do often get in my own way and I often have negative self-talk and negative self-beliefs. And, and maybe if this is you as a listener, you have a hard time believing that this could be possible for you. And I want to tell you that there are no unresourceful people. There are only unresourceful states. Maybe you've got yourself stuck in ways of thinking that are unhelpful for you. But inherently, you have amazing abilities. You're thinking, you're acting. It is incredible, really. Every human being is so incredible. You've just got yourself stuck, possibly, in thinking and feeling in negative spirals. And so if you can figure that out, if you can really get your thoughts and your feelings aligned in a helpful and a healthy way, that mm -hmm. can make the world of difference for you. So Oren, how can folks reach you? Thank you, Bernie. So my website, my business is called Lionheart Leadership. And the website is lionheartleadership.ca. And one of the things that I do on a monthly basis, I offer a webinar where I help people to dig into the positive message behind their negative emotions and really understand and unpack that part of it. And so if you want to find out more, go to lionheartleadership.ca forward slash webinar. And there I have more information. So I would love to, to add more value to your listeners. We appreciate that. We all do. And so, folks, we're wrapping up an actual business session. Thank you to Oren Lewin at co-host Wayne Pratt and to you, our Knack for Business listeners. To reach us, to reach out to me, I am B. Fransbert at creativeinsight.com. And Creative Insight is spelled K-R-E-A-T-I-V-I-N-S-I-G-H-T.com. And that's the website also, Creative Insight. Wayne, how can folks reach you, sir? The easiest way is Wayne at Wayne Pratt. Thank you for listening to Knack for Business. If you like this content, we have more coming. Like and subscribe. Give us a review. Until next time.